Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest that you know and you love, Zach Kellerman. Zach, the Denver Broncos made an interesting trade today, acquiring linebacker Kenny Young from the L.A. Rams. Now, for those of you who've been with MHH for a long time, you can remember that Kenny Young was an off-ball linebacker out of UCLA a few years back whom our draft guys really liked. The Ravens ended up scooping him up, drafting him. He washed out there for whatever reason, but he got traded to the Rams. Now he's in Denver. Zach, is it too little too late, or is this just what the doctor ordered? I mean, he can help out realistically, but you know, you wonder, is it too, too little too late still having Vic Fangio and the Broncos coaching staff wasting what talent they have? I actually really like this pickup for the Broncos, and if uh, the listeners remember, I was hammering home the name of Eric Wilson earlier this offseason. I wanted the Broncos to sign that linebacker. Kenny Young is like a version of Eric Wilson, kind of a do-it-all guy. He plays the run well, plays the pass well. He has speed, sideline to sideline range. He's not a pro bowler, not an all pro, certainly far from that, but he's been productive season in and season out. He made seven starts this season for the Rams, 27 solo tackles, six six tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits, two sacks, one pass breakup, and a forced fumble. He played 384 defensive snaps for Los Angeles. I think getting a guy, Chad, in week eight with that level of experience and production is another feather in George Payton's cap, similar to getting John Brown. Now it's up to the Broncos coaching staff to make the most of what they have. And I'll say one more thing. Justin Sternod and Kenny Young, both 25 years old. That's a fascinating linebacker duo. The Broncos went from having... Uh, the, one of the more older linebacking units now having a really young one, and this could be a glimpse of the future with Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, both free agents. It's also worth noting that Kenny Young is a UFA in 2022. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can 
find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yes, indeed. I mean, looking at his game log, uh, game logs, that is, from 2021, I mean, he's got two games already this season where he's gotten to double-digit tackles, and that's good. Now, is he the tight end covering ace that you can set and forget? He's got some upside there, and maybe Vic Fangio, who, you know, that's his specialty, is linebackers. So let's let's hope he can – and he does have – I mean, in, in Vic's – to defend Vic just for a moment here, his bona fides, the skins on the wall before he became a head coach, were how many different uh, linebackers he sent to the Pro Bowl, from edge guys to off-ball guys and then safeties, right? And, I mean, you look at, for example, Danny Trevathan in Chicago. Now, he already had kind of proven himself in Denver, obviously, helping to win the Super Bowl starting at linebacker then. But the way that Roquan Smith, I get it, very talented, top 10 type uh prospect when he came in turned him into a pretty dope coverage linebacker to go along with everything he does as a run supporter so who knows my point is i'm putting on an optimistic lens here okay and i'm trying to view this through you know what if you would have said to me your options are blank and kenny young after alexander johnson went down i would have been like all right you've got my attention it's okay and then you add justin sternod if justin sternod can get through this learning curve that he is going through, Zach, deep, hard, and heavy, they can shorten that gap. If they can minimize that learning curve ASAP and get Kenny Young up to speed, might not have enough time to really make a huge impact between now and the bye, say. But, man, I really liked this move, especially, Zach, when you consider what they gave up. Yeah, a 2024 Sixth round draft pick, not even 22, not even 23. I mean, literally three years into the future for a player that can help contribute and maybe help them win a game now. And as long as uh, Kenny Young doesn't get bowled over and trucked by the likes of Case Keenum near the goal line, I think he's a massive upgrade. Jesus Christ, Mark. He's a massive upgrade on uh, what they've had, including uh, Curtis Robinson and now the since departed Barrington Wade, who was waived. Mark? A.K.A. Mark from Georgia, A.K.A. Mark Langley, Big Daddy Mark. Back from his um, sojourn, he has returned with a plum, and he is blowing our socks off with a – He, I think he has now, I don't know, Mark, You're. that sounds callous for me to say. I don't know if it's four or five record Super Chats now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Bro, love you. Thank you so much. You don't know what that does to help keep this a-coming. All right, keep us showing up. Give us the means to keep producing this content seven nights a week. Plus, we got the morning show going now three uh, three days a week. So just, dude, seriously, love you, bro. He says, what's up, my guys? Go dogs, go Braves, and yes, go Broncos, even though they suck. Huddle up pod, football priest. Mark Langley, Mount Rushmore. Face is chiseled up there. One of the top ones. Dude, love you. Mark, go ahead and do us one favor. Would you would you change your username to King Mark from Georgia? I think you've earned that <laughs> title by now. What more is there left to be said? You are unbelievably amazing, and you are MHH royalty. So go ahead and reflect that. Universal Emperor Mark. Um, Emperor, God King. God King. That's what it should be. God King 
Mark from Georgia. Uh, but seriously, bro, I know it's been four just in the last month or so. Incredible. Of course, plus everything else you've done. So, hey, man, we're counting the days. We'll figure out Thanksgiving or whatever it's going to be next year. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get you out to the meet and greet. We'll make it happen. And uh, we'll roll out the red carpet. So, love you, bro. Thank you so much, dude. And Seriously. yes, we will have the marble statue ready to go. Presented to you for your approval. Yes, indeed. Another bona fide stud slash superstar, Kayaka. What's going on, brother? He says, aloha, my guys, and Broncos country. Kenny Young will be one of our starting linebackers come next year, too. Dude is a baller, like an Avery Williamson, but a tad better, in my opinion. I'm stoked for that move. Hashtag keep the faith. Hashtag MHH for life and Denver Broncos for life. Right back at you, bro. I think back, Zach, now again, I as, as most of our dedicated listeners know, most of my draft knowledge is gleaned through copy editing and reading the work that our draft analysts here at Mile High Huddle produced during the pre-draft and draft season. And I can remember, Zach, and our, our dedicated readers probably can too, when he came out, you know, he was a, an intriguing guy that a lot of us liked here at Mile High Huddle. And then my direct memory of Kenny Young was, do you guys remember the game where Philip Lindsay got 86 for punching in the pile in Baltimore? The the I think it was VJ's last year, right? Kenny Young, that dude was serious in that game. That that guy caught my attention uh, in a big bad way, and he was a rookie that year. So either way, man, I I actually think this is a pretty good move. Is it going to save the day? Is it going to cover over all the other? very nagging and serious issues this team has. No, but it gives the Broncos a now young veteran that they can hopefully, I mean, it's just a matter of getting them up to speed as ASAP. And that kind of coincides too, Zach, for what it's worth with Baron Browning coming back from his concussion. So all things are still possible. It's just still a relatively untested young off ball group. And now you're missing Mike Purcell for a couple weeks. I mean, unless Kenny Young can coach or quarterback, he's not going to save the season. But Kayaka, I can definitely see him starting next year. Again, he's going to be a UFA, but so is Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. I would venture to guess that one of those guys, if not two, gets a multi-year contract from the Broncos. Great opportunity, though, for a guy in a contract year playing for a Vic Fangio defense. Again, if they can use him correctly and uh, he can use his talents, I mean, he could be... Not the overall solution to the Broncos' defensive woes, but he can help cover a tight end, a running back. He won't get beat like AJ against Kenyon Drake. I mean, those things can continue to happen. And hopefully with Kenny Young in the mix now, they won't happen any longer. Brian Van Vorst. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. He says, hey, Priest, maybe another name we could look at is Michael Kendricks. I saw something that he got cut by San Fran. But he is a veteran linebacker who could help, uh, maybe help out with Young. What are your thoughts? Zach, Michael Kendricks was a guy that had some juice for a, for a time there, but what would your thoughts be for BVV? I don't, I don't know that I would pick up Kendricks on top of Kenny Young. I mean, you, you did use a, a fairly high-round draft pick in Baron Browning, and I was personally one. I know you were another as well, Chad, who loved Browning coming out of college. He has all the upside in the world. Now you, you have Sternod still going through the motions as a starter. Tough to be uh, an LB1 when you go from LB3 
Kenny Young into the mix. You still have some young guys that uh, Fangio, like Curtis Robinson, is excited about. I don't know that you need Kendricks. I don't know that what he would bring in upside that you don't already have in Kenny Young now and Sternod. And I mean, you got to keep in mind, he's been in the league, Michael Kendricks, as long as um, Danny Trevathan. So I'm not poo-pooing it. I'm not saying, you know, slam the door on that. I mean, beggars can't be choosers at this point. As much as I do think Kenny Young upgrades that off-ball and reeling, depleted off-ball linebacking core, it's still lacking in veteran depth because, I mean, Kenny Young came into the league in 18, 19, 20. So he's in his fourth year. He's still very young. Um, you know, no pun intended. Andrew Lampy, what's up, buddy? Appreciate you. Um, thank you for those stars, dude. That's some serious love. He says, I hope everyone had a great day. Still loving the content and really appreciate all you guys for your hard work. Hey, dude, we appreciate you too. Today we had, uh, I think it was episode number two of the Trickle Zone on Mondays. We moved the Trickle Zone to Mondays at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Andrew was in there uh, contributing to the conversation right after the news broke of Kenny Young. So thank you, bro. Thank you, Andrew. Another stud superstar sender on Facebook Randy Jones, what's good, brother? He says, I hope our so-called coaching staff can help our new inside linebacker. Not sure about the outside linebackers. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Hashtag fire, Vic, and Pat. I think we know what T-shirt we need to get Randy next. Um, yes. I said, Thank you for everything he does for us. But, uh, yeah, the whole fire Vic, fire Pat, guys, it's just not going to happen. At least it's not going to happen anytime before the bye. Even if the Denver Broncos – lose to Washington. I mean, I don't know. Complexion makes a difference in terms of how they lose maybe, right? Like, but every one of these four losses, it's not just that the Broncos have lost four in a row. Each one has been embarrassing in its own right. Now is the final score a margin of, you know, 20 points each time? No, but it might as well be because the points the Broncos put on the board, the majority of them in these four losses have been garbage time uh, by and large. Uh, I got to do a cheap plug real quick. Go to huddleuppod.com and get your coaching, coaching, coaching shirt. Hot off the presses right now. Randy, if you would uh, like to check that out, anyone else out there. I'm much more excited about the Kenny Young move than I am the Steven Weatherly pickup who's going to play outside linebacker with Chubb on the shelf and Vaughn coming off an ankle injury. Um, if Vic Fangio is worth half his salt, you think he can uh, narrow his expertise down from head coaching to coordinator, now to linebackers coach, if he can make one hint of a positive difference in the form of Kenny Young or Weatherly or any other player, Baron Browning, Sternot included, uh, I would give him credit for it. But like you intimate there, Randy, with these coaches, Fangio included, Pat Shermer, almost every single one on the Broncos staff, it seems like they're going to let their players down. Their players are never going to reach their ceilings or achieve their potential until new coaches are in the building. Let's grab 727 mil, and then I want to do the update on where things stand on the Pat Sertan jersey this this month. Um, appreciate you. That's a newer name, Zach. I don't recognize 727 mil, so welcome, welcome. and thank you. Uh, connect with us on Twitter because we like to shout out our supporters and Super Chat superstars after each show and also keep the conversation going over there. So. He says, we need Drew Locke to start. I'm sorry, I just need to see a spark on offense. I'm a fan from Tampa, by the way. Go Broncos. Very cool, man. Very cool. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. It's wherever you are. And Mill is in Tom Brady's backyard right now, and that's cool. I think that's really cool. Hey, you're preaching to the, to the priests, my dog. We're right there with you that throw in Drew Locke. 
I mean, you got nothing to lose at this stage. Four losses in a row. What more evidence of a of a change being needed is there if you have eyes to see? And I don't think, Zach, unfortunately, the Broncos at this stage, Vic Fangio in particular, who is trying to stave off the unemployment line, has those eyes to see. You know, I agree with you, obviously, Chad. I'm not going to regurgitate the same points, but what would you have done? I kind of want to gauge this. What would you have done if you got Tom Brady's 600th ball? Would you have given it back so easily? I I would have negotiated a little harder, I feel like. They gave him a bunch of stuff, two signed jerseys and uh, game shoes from uh, cleats from Mike Evans and uh, tickets to this season, next season, but that ball was worth half a mil, minimum. Yeah, yeah that was... Um... That was very kind. Let's just put it that way, for sure. Absolutely. Real quick, guys, here is the update on the Pat Sertan giveaway for those of you new to Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up podcast. We are running a contest on Facebook with a goal of getting to 250,000 stars in the month of October. When we reach it, we're going to raffle off a Pat Sertan jersey, all right? And the people in the running for that raffle are only those who contributed to the goal. And right now, we're at 70% complete as of the beginning of this show. All right, so we've got a little bit of ground to make up. I think we can still make it, uh, but there's only, not counting today, the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth. you got six days. All right, and we can, I think we can get there. So let's see who's in the running. Let's see who's going to have the most uh, hats or tickets in the hat, pardon. Randy, right at the top. Uh, he's getting a coaching, coaching, coaching t-shirt no matter what. Josh Hoyle right there at two. I mean, Josh has come on strong of late. Um, well, let me for- just let me just add real quick. Yeah. Randy actually just placed an order for a coaching shirt. You are incredible, oh, Randy. Talk about heating the call in real time. Love Thank you, you, bro. You the man. You are uh, ride or die. And I'd love riding shotgun with you, dude. You, you the man. Someday I hope we get to meet you. One of these meet and greets. I know you live way up in the great white north, uh, but we'll we'll get a chance to meet you one of these days. Uh, shout out to Josh at number two. Lawrence Rivera, also just a dedicated stud in our community at three. Andrew Lampy, what more can be said at four? Shane Daniels, the aviator himself. and uh, We got to hang out with him a couple weeks ago at five. Michael Ronquillo at six. One day we'll get to meet you as well, Michael. Uh, Mama Muti still in the top ten at number seven. Pete Middleton at eight. Travis Weber at nine. Travis, we need to, we need to get together one of these times uh, at the meet and greet. Try and make the trip, buddy. And then Doug Raquel at ten and then – Andrew Baker, we got to see at the at the meet and greet. There's David Wilder at 12. So we'll uh, we'll update Super Chat here in a minute. But guys, and Mark Johnson jumping in, you the man, dude. You the man. Mark Johnson at the 11th hour swooped in and ended up randomly winning. Now he had his he contributed to the goal. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he only did it one time and by some weird twist of fate, but he did it like the last week or so of last month for the what was it? Justin Simmons jersey. And uh, by the way, Mark, did you see my reply to you? That was ordered through fans. One thing to keep in mind, guys, real quick, I just got to say this. All right. When it comes to these jerseys, they don't they're not sitting at MHH Central waiting to be shipped out because we don't know what size people wear. We don't know what colors people wear. So once the, the winner is announced, we have to go online and we order that jersey. And just like everything right now, lead times are a lot longer than they would have been even you know, well, two years ago. So stay patient. Those orders are in. They will get to you, my friend. Um, uh, dude, that's really Very cool. cool. FJ. Thank you. Appreciate that, bro. Appreciate that a lot. Let us know what you got. All right. Let me see here. 
We got uh, Nugmaster224. Shout out. Shout me out, guys. Here's your shout out, Nugmaster. Says, I've been listening to you daily. Almost followed you from, uh, oh, from when we were locked on Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago. Rarely make the streams, but I feel like I know you guys. So how many years until the playoffs? Yeah, that's interesting. That means you do go way back because the timeline, real quick, Zach, for those keeping score is started the Huddle Up podcast right after Super Bowl 50, all right? Did it the first year with Coach Luke Polglaze. A lot of you know Luke Polglaze, right? He comes on like the Dove Valley Deep Divers show every once in a while. He helped start Mile High Huddle. He was one of the founding members, staffers of Mile High Huddle back in 2014. And so started the Huddle Up with Luke and then – Lockdown Broncos wanted us to do that, so we gave that a shot for about four months. And um, without saying things I shouldn't, it wasn't for us after about three months, okay? So then we came back to the Huddle Up pod. Luke decided about that point, you know what? I'm going to get into coaching, and there he went. Not long after, Zach and I rendezvoused, and the rest is history. So, Nugmaster, you've been with us a long time, my dog. Zach, the question, how many years until the Broncos are back in the playoffs? Well, It's funny because I've known a few Nugmasters in my life as well. Uh, how many years? It depends on the coaching. I hate to keep being cliche. I hate to keep leaning on what's become a, a popular phrase, but I don't think Fangio, as he's proven now, it's not just me saying that, is proven to be the coach taking the Broncos back to relevancy. So until uh, they upgrade that spot, it can be a one-year turnaround. I disagree with the old-school thinking that a rebuild takes three years minimum to instill the culture and a coach gets his players. I mean, there's been way too many examples this last decade alone of young, hotshot coaches coming in, forward-thinking, creative, innovative coaches coming in and winning, going from 4-12 and to 12-4 and in a 16-game season. The same thing can happen in Denver. They have a very talented roster that should be a lot better than 3-4 and four right now, and with better coaching, it would be. So my answer to you is uh, 2022 could be the year, depending on who replaces Fangio. Mark, you're a uh, another Hall of Fame. you got a Hall of Fame heart, that's for sure. He's throwing down some stars for Travis Weber, and that's just uh, that's just cool, man. We appreciate it. I know Travis appreciates it. Mark, you're the man. We'll keep an eye out for any of your topics. Here's what Travis actually wanted to know. Is there any update on Deshaun Watson and where he actually ends up? And are there any buyers on Kyle Fuller? Zach, I haven't heard anything more about Watson. Have you? And then we can talk about Fuller. Um, I heard that uh, today it was reported. Yesterday it came out that he would only waive his no trade clause, which he has in his contract, for Miami. Apparently now he would waive it for other teams. The Panthers are in there. Philadelphia is in there. I don't really think the Broncos are in there. In terms of Kyle Fuller, I haven't heard trade destinations, but he is obviously on the block now, I feel like, Chad. He is full-time benched for Pat Sertan, Ronald Darby. They have Bryce Callahan playing at a higher level. They signed Fuller with the idea that he would be a massive upgrade. He wasn't that. He was a liability. I tweeted earlier today, and I still feel this. I I don't know why I see Tampa Bay making a play, if not trading for Kyle Fuller. Tampa Bay, Los Angeles, a cornerback needy team is going to come calling, and I think the Broncos will pull the trigger. Andrew Lampy says, here, Travis, you're an OG, throwing down some serious stars. Dude, that's so kind. And guys, by the way, on that note, um, we have, as, as you saw, we got 30% left to go to reach goal, but we're only 22% of the month left. Or did I do that backwards? No, that's correct. So Mike Reno, he says, I love tuning into the show every time y'all are on, on Denver Broncos for Life, Go Broncos Week 8. And then, Mike, hopefully you got to see Zach's reply on what compensation the Broncos gave up for Kenny Young. It was a song. 
basically. All right, George George Payton, you know, did some karaoke for Les Sneed to get him in Denver. That's about it. All right. Um, Mail jumping in again. Wow, thank you, thank buddy. You. How long is Peyton going to wait to fire Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer? It's depressing to watch. Also, Steady Teddy, Two Glove, Bridgewater can go also. Appreciate y'all for on being honest Bronco critics. Yeah, brother, we just uh, call it like we see it. And no one, seriously, guys, like no one wants to see this team succeed and do well more than us. We're the same. I mean, we want to see the good times return to the Denver Broncos. And we hoped that this would be the year. I got, I'm not going to lie. I got some serious misgivings in the pit of my stomach when Vic Fangio decided to go with, with Teddy, not because I didn't believe in Teddy whatsoever. It's not that it was just that to me, after seeing how drew did show some serious improvement as the incumbent, no less, it was a very self-serving move that showed me where the focus was. The focus wasn't on necessarily you know, what's, what's best. It was what's best for me. And that concerned me at the time. And I kind of looked past it, Zach, and didn't really focus on it too much. And it was easy not to focus on it because they got out to a three and zero start, but the chickens have come home to roost. You know, what is another self-serving move on Fangio's behalf? That would be firing Rich Scangarello, who went four and one. I hate having to repeat this almost every podcast with the young rookie quarterback and then gets canned for Pat Shermer because that was Fangio's guy, and it's an old boys kind of league. So that's been kind of the MO of the Fangio regime, has it not been, since 2019? No accountability, point the finger at everybody else, and do things that are going to keep my job as steady as it can be, including trading for a quarterback whose nickname is literally steady. Yes, indeed. Jesse, hey, thanks for being with us on Facebook, brother. He says, good evening. Appreciate all you do. Love your perspective. Uh, what? Who do you think the Broncos may draft if they go quarterback in the draft? Dude, I hate to do this to you, all right, but it's just too early to know. We don't know where they're going to finish. We don't know exactly which quarterbacks are going to be in the mix. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks completely change and alter in a good way their draft stock just by showing up to the Senior Bowl. So it's just too soon. It's too soon to tell you for sure. Uh, ben Frank Beasy wants to know I, he, what we think of uh, the Stephen Weatherly trade. For those of you who missed it, over the weekend the Broncos acquired a rush edge rusher guy from Minnesota named Weatherly, who has produced zero sacks in the 2021 nice. campaign. So I don't know. Does that tell you anything? He, who knows? Maybe he can come in and this is the scheme for him, and Vic can get him going along with John Pagano, who is the actual outside linebackers coach. I mean, here's what's so disappointing, Zach, about this coaching staff on top of many other issues. You have some serious experience and wherewithal on both sides of the ball. I mean, on defense from Vic's 30-plus years of coaching to, as just mentioned, John Pagano, the brother of Chuck Pagano, who has been a defensive coordinator for a long time in the league, Bill Kolar coaching the D-line, Super Bowl-winning off-ball linebackers coach in Reggie Herring, all right? Uh, kind of a newer secondary guy. Offense, you've got a former head coach in Pat Shermer, two-time former head coach in Pat Shermer calling your plays, former Alabama Crimson Tide head coach as your quarterback's coach, and the offensive coordinator behind the Carolina Panthers 2015 romp, Mike Shula. Mike Munchak, coaching your offensive line, also uh, you know, top three position coach in what he does in the league and a former head coach himself. Why is this team sucking so bad, Zach? 
kind of makes you think that laudables mean nothing, don't they, Chad? What you've accomplished in the past doesn't matter what you're doing in the present and what you can do in the future. And they're all sharing the same factor here, which is working under Vic Fangio, who I believe is inhibiting not only his players, but his coaching staff from achieving their potential as well. I'm not really that high on Weatherly to get back to the question. They might be eyeing Baron Browning at OLB more. That's maybe why they they picked up Kenny Young. Um, but a guy with zero career sacks, I'd rather see more of Jonathan Cooper than more of Steven Weatherly. So, Jonathan Cooper is quickly earning more playing time. In fact, I know that, you know, laudables obviously do mean a lot to this team and the coaching staff. Um, it's gotten them is, real far. They need to audible, though, on these laudables because Malik Reed might have finished last season as your leading sack guy for the Denver Broncos, but it was basically a fluke that it happened that way because Bond was gone and Chubb missed the last two games and he was at seven and a half. Malik finished with eight. So if Chubb finishes those two games, he probably gets close to double digits and really justifies that Pro Bowl selection. But my point is, because Malik started for the entire year, for the most part, last year, and finished as the leading sack guy, unless Jonathan Cooper goes on like a Malik, uh, Malik, uh, Judas Priest, the Raiders guy, I'm having a brain fart that sacked Brock Osweiler five times. Khalil Mack, thank you, Jensen. Here we go. Unless Jonathan Cooper, Zach, goes on that kind of a romp in a game and just like just like straight demands, I'm the starter opposite of Vaughn, they're going to continue to start Malik Reed, give him the lion's share, even though it was clearly obvious in that Cleveland game. Jonathan Cooper should be on the field much more than Malik Reed. Well, just replace Malik Reed with Teddy Bridgewater and Jonathan Cooper with Drew Locke, and you have the same scenario. Vic would rather go with the safer players with the higher floor. He would rather go with the safer coaches with the supposedly higher floor than a higher ceiling like what he had. So, again, it's a mindset, and it's not only that, it's action taking place in Dove Valley consciously preventing the Broncos from reaching their potential as long as Vic Fangio is calling the shots for the entire team that's going to remain the case all right let's grab Daniel Garcia welcome thank you appreciate you connect on Twitter my friend too much talent on this team with the right coaching and right quarterback we can be what we thought we were gonna be last year the Broncos here's the bottom line guys the Broncos Turns out they don't need the old school uh, death by inches Vic Fangio philosophy. They need the young offensive visionary guy who I think young guys in the league, even young veterans can, can look to um, as a peer as much as the boss, but mainly it comes down to Zach vision. What scheme are you running? Is it in line with what we know is buttering the bread today in the NFL. And for Pat Shermer, he he runs like a weird bastardized version of what he thinks is is the hot ticket. But it's not it, man. It's not it. I want to see the Denver Broncos hire Brian Dable. That's my number one. But I would be just as excited uh, for the Dallas Cowboys offense coordinator, who's Zach, I know you know a lot about this guy covering him for heavy.com. 
There's so many young offensive-minded coaches that can be coming to the market. Dayball, Kellen Moore, Greg Roman, Joe Lombardi, Joe Brady. All these guys are going to be up for head coaching opportunities, and the Broncos would be idiots to come away with another retread. And I see lists out there, Chad, that include the names of Jason Garrett and Dan Quinn and Jonathan Gannon. I find it hard to believe that George Payton uh, would lack that much awareness as to what he realizes he needs for this organization. Uh, and it's, the only thing that scares me about it, he came from an organization in Minnesota that has a backward-thinking head coach, I believe, in Mike Zimmer. That's not a new school kind of guy, not an offensive genius. I mean, when Zach Taylor is coaching circles around you in a given year, it really shows you uh, where you need to go, where the wind is blowing in this league. It's crazy, dude, because, and I'll grab you here, Tim. He says, thank you for the stars, Tim. He says, I'm feeling optimistic about this next game. Time to turn things around. I'm excited to see Jerry Judy back for this one. We need him. We'll put a pin in that just for a second. When the Broncos interviewed Zach Taylor, who is, of course, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals that just put up how many 40-something points on Baltimore, right? The very team that curb-stomped your Denver Broncos in week four. When the Broncos made him one of their five head coach interviews uh, during the Vic Fangio cycle, I was, I, I'm not going to lie, Zach, I had some misgivings about him. Like I wasn't really pinning my hopes on him just because not so much his relative youth. He is a 30 something guy, but because he was a spot OC for Miami, if I remember right back at Miami Dolphins early on in his career, but really his calling card was quarterbacks coach. And I think, was he also passing game coordinator? I'm trying to remember what his resume was for Sean McVay. I just felt like there wasn't enough there there to really say this is the guy that's going to completely fix the mess Vance Joseph and John Elway, let's face it, created at the coaching uh, level. But now in retrospect, it's looking like that, that was another missed opportunity that you chalk up right alongside Kyle Shanahan. And it helps to have Joe Burrow versus Teddy Bridgewater, but he just, you know, Zach Taylor, his roster overall, takeaway quarterback and receivers there, is half as talented as Denver's. And Denver's three and four. Meanwhile, Cincinnati's leading the division. I think they're five and two right now. So it really is all in the coaching. And uh, organizations like Cincinnati, which may be the most backward, um, ancient, you know, archival organization there is, they even realize what it takes to win in this day and age in the NFL. And when you have Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer as the one and two in contrast to that, it's awful. It really is. When's the Teddy Bridgewater jersey going up for raffle? Yeah, I don't think we get too many people excited about that one, right? Andrew Baker, what's good, bro? Appreciate you being with us. Appreciate the stars. He says, I might as well bring Mahomes, might as well bring Mahomes in. LOL. Let's get that rumor going since the Chiefs are trending down. What do you make of this of this Chiefs team? Is it just you know the lacking of defensive talent? Because I honestly, to me on the surface, there there seem to be some uh, wires getting crossed on offense, which is a little bit surprising considering the experience and heights that Reed and Mahomes have reached together, Zach. But if I had to put my finger on anything, it just seems to be that they're seriously lacking talent on that side of the ball, but could it be something deeper there? 
there's a lot of issues I think are plaguing uh, Cleveland, Kansas City right now. A rebuild offensive line, which no one really talks about. Don't they have like four new starters this year? I mean, the protection has been breaking down along the edges specifically. Also, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being out, that's supposed to be their centerpiece. And again, he's out of action. If people have noticed, a lot of uh, Patrick Mahomes' interceptions have been off deflections. Tyree Kill is not catching as many passes overall, and the ones that are clanking off his hands are landing in defender, defenders' hands. That's contributing to it. And also, Mahomes is making plays like, uh, I don't know, Brock Osweiler would, throwing a fumble. I mean, he's been really poor at <laughs> times. He really has. And I'm going to give you one little speculative uh, theory as to why Kansas City's trending downward. I don't think Andy Reid or the organization ever shed that black cloud from the Brit, not Brit, that was the son who passed away. Uh, Eric Reid, what was his name? The son that I, in the DUI accident. I can't accident. tell you, dude. I know what you're talking about. I th- it seemed like that's part of the reason I think they lost the Super Bowl so badly because their heads were in the wrong places. And as I mentioned, Andy Reid also lost one son in the past. That's all speculation on my part, but it seems like they just don't have it this year. And it starts... I got to be fair with the coaching. It doesn't seem like Andy Reid is 100% Andy Reid this year, and it's trickling on down. Well, the big thing for Andy, and then we'll grab Vincent here, is you know, he was a hungry guy in more ways than one, okay? He was hungry because he couldn't win the big one, right? How many uh, NFC title games did he get to? Uh, was it four? Wasn't he 0-4 as the Philadelphia Eagles head coach in NFC – or pardon me, 1-4 in NFC title games. Then he gets to the Super Bowl – Donovan McNabb has a just terrible day and they end up losing to Tom Brady and the Patriots. And so that was always the knock on Andy Reid was, hey, great offensive mind, great regular season head coach, but he just can't win the big one. He's not going to get you over the hump. And then that changed. He finally got his ring. And it's almost like they're like a, I mean, I think they're the Chiefs 2020 season was mostly fueled by living off the high of hoisting the Lombardi trophy. And that was able to kind of cover what were some issues because they had injuries to Eric Fisher. They had injuries to Mitchell Schwartz last year too. Now though, those chickens came home to roost. I think you're right. I think you're onto something that the passion, the juice for Andy Reed might be uh, slipping a little bit. Let's grab Vincent here, Zach. And then I want your thoughts. He says, I don't see why everyone is so upset. Fangio has us tied with the chiefs after seven games. Who would have thought? <laughs> I saw what you did there, Vincent. Thank you, bro. It's not even funny. And just to to tack on one point that you made, Chad, riding off the high of winning the title, I think the hangover of losing the title is getting to Kansas City this year. Again, those factors don't help. The offensive line, the running back being out, Mahomes making stupid plays, Tyreek Hill not catching, but there's just something on an organizational level that's off with Kansas City this year. And as an NFL fan, it's not fun to watch. Mahomes making those amazing 80-yard touchdown throws was uh, a, a marvelous sight to see, except when it comes against them. Denver. But watching them play so bad, it's, it's really uh, shocking for an NFL viewer. It is. It's bizarre. Um, but, hey, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. Michael, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He's saying good evening to Mile High Huddle, giving a shout-out to Greg Smith, who answers him right back as well. So that's what we love to see, man, community. Kevin Smith, he of the uh, clerk's fame. You know I love making that joke every time. I'm a huge – That's my generation, right? The Kevin Smith movies from the 90s, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob and Clerks and all that. So uh, I can't help but always be reminded of of Kevin Smith. When I see this, Kevin Smith, love you, bro. But your profile pic, we like it. 
He also had a really good stand-up a few years ago, Kevin Smith. I, I think it was 2018. Might have been 2019. Dude, he does great podcasts. I mean, they're Very a little long-winded, guy. and if you're interested in, like, comedy and entertainment type stuff movies comics this and that he's very entertaining jake marsing who used to work for me at mile high huddle that uh, ended up getting out of the sports media business but you guys remember him he was the guy that the first podcast i ever did the 2015 with me and jake and brandon perna called in the huddle my first foray into podcasting he went to sleep every night did jake marsing he might still to this day listening to a kevin smith podcast for what it's worth here is zackler uh, a name that is still newish. Well, swear it's not my burner. Appreciate you. Uh, he says, "When will we fix the right tackle position? I'm tired of these one-year rental guys. We should have kept Elijah Wilkinson. He was young and played decent with upside." Zach, I would pick a bone on the whole. We should have kept Elijah thing. I, I feel you on the first half. Eli was a he was a vulnerability accident waiting to happen every time he stepped. Good guard. <laughs> I liked him at guard in the phone booth where, you know, you don't have to get out in space and deal with twitchy edge guys. But as a tackle, and the Broncos, for whatever reason, they liked him as a tackle. I just, I don't, and I'm not going to lie, Zach, I haven't been keeping tabs on how he's doing in his new football environs. But the point being, though, here for Zachler is what's up with right tackle? Yeah, dude, Bobby Massey, okay in pass protection so far this year. Horrendous run blocker horrendous so it's like each each year it's pick your poison is it a terrible because that was elijah wilkinson's calling card was the flip side of that he could run block but he sucked at pass pro they need a guy that can at least be average at both the the range of emotions i felt here is crazy because i agree with you wholeheartedly in your first sentence here and then you lost me by saying he was playing well with or decent with upside I mean, I'll tell you where he is right now, Chad. Last I checked, he's with Chicago, and he was actually benched Mm. as a starter. I mean, that's just who he is. He's a career backup at best. Better guard than a tackle, but, I mean, he was a turnstile. A literal traffic cone would have been more effective than Elijah Wilkinson. I mean, at this rate, what's Donald Stevenson up to right now? Mentally, Watson. I mean, those are all relics of the past. Even Jared Veldier, he was the best of the bunch. That's really not saying much. Why they, did they not try to keep him? That's what I don't get. Like, he literally was a, a pretty decent right tackle for the Broncos the one year he was here. I don't know. It's It was El, at that time Elway's proclivity for changing out the position every single uh, year, it seemed like. There was a new starting right tackle, but it's been the one position on offense, except for quarterback, they've ignored in the first round. They have to prioritize that going forward, whether they have a veteran, whether they have a highly paid guy like formerly Juwan James or not, they have to stock that cupboard because you're seeing the results. Every year it gets worse. Doug, we appreciate you, my friend, as as well as and everyone on this list, everyone that's with us tonight. We appreciate you giving us some of your time and being here and contributing to the conversation. Uh, shout out, though, here's how tonight's stars are shaking out. On uh, Facebook, Randy's at the top, narrowly edging out Tim Hoffman. Uh, Kevin Smith right behind him. Howie frickin' Day in the frickin' house. Appreciate you, Howie. Michael Ronquillo, Andrew Lampy, Mark Johnson, Mike Reno, Doug Raquel, Andrew Baker, Nathan, Mark Lindemood, George Fox. You guys, love you, appreciate you. We're going to close that gap. I know it. We're going to get to 250 and, and raffle off a Pat Sertan jersey. Howie says, a young offensive head coach. Yes, please. New OC with an updated playbook. Why not? Hungry, fired up young team. Might be fun to watch again. If we could see a 30-point game or higher outside of the preseason. Yeah, but here's the thing. 
you know, like Zach Taylor, one of the things that has allowed him to succeed is not just his own wherewithal as a young offensive minded coach, but he also was gifted the number one overall pick. Um, so, you know, I, I guess he had to earn that, right? Because 2019, he was dealing with the last vestiges of Andy Dalton. And who was who else did they have playing that year? Andy was banged up. And then, you know, he ended up earning the right to have the number one pick in 2020. And Joe Burrow, you know, he's turning out to be the truth. I had some doubts about whether he would translate, but he's Same. putting those doubts to, to, to bed, basically. But... My point on this little ramble here is that, yes, the Broncos need to get a younger offensive – I don't even care about younger. They just need to get an offensive-minded coach that's with what's going on right now in the NFL and pair that guy all right, with his own quarterback that he handpicks. I mean, if you watch a Bengals game, and I've watched the condensed highlights of their games – it's one thing to have Burrow, but what they've done smartly is surround Burrow with weapons. You have Jamar Chase, you have Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, you have C.J. Uzamo who's breaking out as a tight end, you have Joe Mixon at running back, and you're getting production from all those players. That's not purely because you have Joe Burrow, it's because you have good coaching as well. I mean, at this point, Chad, the fact that we would get excited over having a 30-point game when you have teams like New England with Mac Jones hanging 50 in a game, I mean, you can press literally ask Madden and pick a random play with your eyes closed, and that would be more creative and more productive than anything out of Pat Shermer's playbook. So, yeah, I'm with you. doesn't necessarily have to be a young guy. It, No doubt about it, the only condition of hiring the next head coach, he has to be of an offensive mind. It has to be. For what it's worth, the Broncos have won three Super Bowls. All three head coaches, you know, both head coaches. There's two guy. One guy won two. One guy won one. Offensive minded. Neither was young. Although Shanny, you know what? When he actually won those Super Bowls, he was considered to be a relatively young coach at the time. Coob definitely not. They both created the scheme that is now dominating the NFL. A version of it anyway, right? That that it was the foundation of what JJ. Thank you for that super chat, bro. You the man. Um, you ultimately have to go back to Bill Walsh, all right, for where the West Coast offense came from. And Mike Shanahan, he said, look, this is the scheme I'm going to run, Bill Walsh, West Coast, dink and dunk, nickel and dime you down the field. But he also got lucky enough to cross paths with Alex Gibbs, God rest his soul, recently passed away. And he said, look, I think we can take that Bill Walsh scheme and add the wide zone, like the zone blocking scheme, and turn and create something new that's – even big, bigger and better. And that's what they did. And Kubiak, he basically ran that same scheme. So, guys, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, right? The best predictor of future behavior. It's past behavior. You won three Super Bowls as a franchise. Each one was with an offensive-minded coach. I don't know what John's been thinking, dude. I really don't. I don't know why he has, in three of his four head coaching hires, he's hired defensive guys. One thing I've noticed is that trends tend to come back around. I mean, there was a time where hiring defensive-minded coaches was in vogue. That was the thing to do. That's why people like Eric Mangini got jobs. They were never 
um, men for, people like Vance Joseph, but the, it came back around, and now it's about offensive-minded coaches. The, the floodgates opened with Sean McVay, then you saw all the Kyle Shanahan, and the Broncos just didn't catch that wave. They weren't willing to ride that wave. They wanted to go against the wave, and what happens when you go against the tide, Chad? You get carried away even further, and that's exactly what happened to them. They went, instead of going young in offense, they went old in defense, and they doubled down with old at coordinator and Pat Shermer, and they're living with the results right now. The sooner they go with the flow of the tide, the, the sooner they start winning again. I remember Josh McDaniels at 32 was the youngest head coaching hire in NFL history, and then Sean McVay beat that. He was 30 when he got hired. Mike Shanahan was 42 going on 43 when he was winning Super Bowls for your Denver Broncos uh, back in the day. And that was considered, especially in that era, baby. He was young. So um, here's an interesting question from uh, Naftali Biden. I was wondering if maybe that one of those words was backwards. But anyway, can you imagine if Drew Locke received the patience that Teddy has during this four-game losing streak. Could you imagine if it was with a good coach? I mean, dude, the the effects of locked arrangement syndrome, trying to quantify them, we'd be here all day long, my friend. I just think if, you know, Drew Locke was committing the same blunders as Teddy, because he did, and we've seen it play out in reality, holding on to the ball too long, throwing interceptions, that was the criteria in which he was benched. But that same criteria does not apply to Teddy Bridgewater. So you've seen the double standards play out in the Vic Fangio era. If anything, he proved he's a massive hypocrite when it comes to the quarterback position. All right, here's one from Savage Boy Kev on Twitch. He says, I'm still trying to realize why didn't Peyton take a quarterback last year, uh, which was a better quarterback class than the 2022 year, because they opted to keep Vic. And And Vic wasn't. Yeah, and Vic, but here's the thing. Vic wasn't about trying to coach a young guy through a learning curve and have the team suck as a result of a young quarterback figuring out his way when he was in a win or else kind of situation. And Peyton had that foisted on him. So he had to make the best of what the Broncos had at the time. They went with Pat Sertan. Now, here's the thing. If they end up finding the right quarterback and coach combination in 2022, Zach, Broncos fans are going to be looking back at, at George Peyton and saying, hey, man, good call on that. Yeah. You knew Vic was a lame duck. You did. So you took a, a player that could hopefully help him in his lame duck year. But if not, help out in the long term for this team. You give, gave your, your team a shutdown corner for many years to come. Add that to a offense, the right offense uh, head coach and a quarterback, and it's it's just going to be two huge pieces of the puzzle, um, that the or a huge piece of the puzzle that they wouldn't otherwise have. I think you guys are really underestimating the, the notion that it was a win-win scenario for George Payton. If he realized Broncos... I don't want to say ownership, but the Broncos' executive decision-makers were foisting Fangio, Pat Shermer, and the rest on George Payton. He's going to give a Vic Fangio a Vic Fangio-type quarterback. He's going to give Pat Shermer a Pat Shermer-type quarterback. Why saddle a young first-round rookie, especially when you have Pat Sertan so highly rated on your board, you know, neck-and-neck with a quarterback, why feed them 
to Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio and waste a year. Why not, you know, if you get Teddy Bridgewater and you win with Fangio and company, you look like a hero. If not, it's not on you. You get to fire Fangio, get rid of the quarterback, and get your own guys in the building. So George Payton, it's really a honeymoon year. He can't do any wrong, and he realizes that, and I wonder if he realized when he took the job that Vic Fangio is not long to be head coach of the Denver Broncos. Oh, my goodness gracious. Joe Flacco. Yeah. Traded to the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this dude. How does – I mean, they need someone, right? Zach Wilson's out for a while. Is he done for the season? No, a couple weeks. They couple have Mike weeks. White as the backup, but the corpse of Joe Flacco, what is that going to do for you, you know? Unbelievable. Uh, Howie, appreciate you, brother. He says uh, – Okay, but, no, we, we did get that one. But he's an understood corpse. That that we know about Joe Flacco. Elite. Let's see. Uh, we got one more here, guys, and then we got to get out of here a little bit early tonight, okay? Um, I got some things going on with the fam family I got to take care of this evening. Andrew, for the community, I want to hit goal so someone can win that Pat Sertan jersey. Dude, I love it. That's altruism, man. That's community right there. And we really, really appreciate it. And I know everybody else does as well, Andrew. And for what it's worth, I'm looking. Oh, I'll tell you at the end of the show, I'll tell you where where we stand on goal. Okay. Um, wow. Seth, Seth Harmon, top rope you. super chat. Extremely, extremely generous. Thank you, brother. That seriously means a lot to us. I hope you know that. He wants to know what's going to happen first. Does Vic get fired, Pat get fired, or does Ooh. Locke start? That's a really interesting question, dude. And that's a not very simple question to answer because my view on this, Zach, is that Vic or Locke, pardon, doesn't get back into the starting lineup so long as Vic exactly. is head coach. So I'm going to say exactly. Vic gets fired first. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. I'll take it a step further. I don't think Locke gets back unless Pat's gone as well. I, I think it's really, he pushed for that trade. He pushed for Teddy and, and he's pushing to keep Teddy in the lineup. So I think Locke starting is the most unlikely of the three scenarios. I think Pat getting fired would be the most realistic because if they lose to Washington at home against Taylor Heineke and they come up with another zero, you know, no inspiring effort, no you know production on the scoreboard. How does Fangio not start scapegoating people to try to save his own behind? He's been doing it in every other sense, and the last step to that, Chad, is pointing the finger at everyone around him and uh, issuing those pink slips. So I think Pat goes first. Look at this, gang. We've moved the needle tonight by 10 points. This is dope. So we're at 80% complete with 22%. Uh, so we got 20% to go with 22% of the month left. I don't math very well, as you guys can tell, but I got it right. All right. So thank you guys. Love you. We do have to sign off a little bit early here tonight. I mean, not too early. We're here at 52 minutes. Uh, Travis Tarbox says, I remember when Zach said he absolutely did not want Teddy. Wasn't that long ago. Wasn't that long ago. And he, here we are. Zach, if you wouldn't mind doing the uh, goodbye rundown for us here, we'll, we'll uh, see everybody Wednesday night. Yes, this was the... I don't want to say the aftermath, no game yesterday, still weird, but this was the Monday 
Huddle Up Podcast. We'll see you guys on Wednesday, but until then, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and much more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a dad hat, get yourself a trucker hat, get yourself a coaching, coaching, coaching shirt out now, brand new. A lot of things in that store. Check it out. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a VIP supporter for VIP content. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone every single week. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag might be a hat might be a shirt each and every month also if you can't do any of those things just do these three things that take literally five seconds subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you and those five star reviews on apple pods they make a difference and they are stacking up so shout out to each and every one of you that take our calls to action to heart Hop onto Apple, and I know a lot of you, that's not even the main way that you consume the show. You're in the live chat with us every single night on YouTube, Facebook, you know, most of you, and then Twitch and Twitter as well. So thank you so much, guys, for taking that to heart. We will raffle off some swag to a winner. Uh, last month, it was Claude Riley, if I'm not mistaken, that won. I need to check the tracking numbers, see where Claude's stuff is, by the way. So that's I just reminded myself of that. Uh, real quick, guys. Here's how we finished tonight on Facebook, by the way. Andrew Lampy, dude. I mean, this is you're going to be close to number one in the rankings. We'll we'll check that on Wednesday night. But wow, dude, thank you so much, Michael. As well, you're gonna you're still easily top ten. Howie, wow, Randy, getting a run for your money from Andrew. But wow, dude, Tim Hoffman as well, Kevin Smith, Mark Johnson, Mike Reno, Doug Raquel, Travis Tarbox, Andrew Baker, Nathan Talalaituala. Did I say it right? Like Tuala, uh, appreciate you, brother. Mark Lindemood, George Fox, and then I think we got one late super that came in from Kayak, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see here. And then we got to go. Love you, bro. He says, good night, my brothers. Can't wait to link up again. Hashtag keep the faith, Broncos country. Yes, sir. That, what a great message to end on. So, Zach, sign us off. Love you, Kayaka. Love you guys. Uh, have a great night, Chad. Everyone out there, thank you for watching with us tonight. Take care. Until next time. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.